Good morning, everyone. I wanted to let you know a couple of quick announcements. Uh, Our missions team has a focus on manna this month. Uh, You can give to manna through the church. uh, Or if you would like to volunteer with manna, go to their website and become a manna driver. That would be great. So uh, I wanted to let you know also that next Sunday is All Saints Sunday, uh, where we will recognize uh, those who went to be with the Lord this year. If you bring a picture uh, by this Wednesday uh, to the church office, we will make sure that your loved one is in a uh, slideshow as well. Um, also, next Sunday, we're going to have drive through communion like we've been having, but we're just going to have it from 5 to 6 now instead of for two hours. It's getting dark earlier, so uh, we would love to have you for that um, from 5 to 6. And also, Pastor Sam, I heard that we're having communion in the sanctuary next Sunday, so everybody will have their own uh, individual uh, communion when they come in, so you'll receive that at the door. Um, and we, this Tuesday, we're going to have virtual charge conference for our church on Tuesday night, if you'd like to be a part of that. And here's the really big announcement that everybody's on the edge of their seat for. Uh, today is Fall Festival uh, at the Casey's house. That's from 2 to 4. That is 108 Casey Drive in Glencoe. So let your friends know. Bring them. It's going to be a trunk or treat. Um, we're going to have a bouncy house and all that type of thing. And I hear there's a petting zoo there. So Benny's very excited about that. And so is JT. They love, they love there's going to be a petting zoo. So make sure to join us. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we're able to come together and worship together as a church family. We pray that right now you'll calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stand together as we worship this morning and sing together, O God, our help in ages past.
please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our children are going to be going with Pastor Andy today, and he's right over here. I promise you that you will have fun with, because um, Pastor Andy takes fun with him wherever he goes. And so he's going to be right over here if you'll make your way over there. And while our children make their way over there to do Children's Church with Pastor Andy, I want to just um, say how excited I am about the, the children doing Trunk or Treat out at the Casey's today. But I will give one little word of advice. If you're going to um, the Casey's Farm today to do trunk or treat, waterproof shoes. Let me just say, because we've had a lot of rain, it's gonna be fun though. It's exciting. I wanna thank you for being here and thank you for worshiping with us today at Gaston First United Methodist Church. We are so glad that you're with us. If you're here in person or if you're worshiping from home, from a hospital bed, from a couch, wherever you are, we're glad to be a part of uh, the worshiping community, the communion of saints, and we're thankful. We're thankful for being able to worship today. We're thankful for um, the great cloud of witnesses that we'll celebrate next week uh, on All Saints Sunday, and we're thankful for your support because uh, this church is in ministry and has been for so long at the corner of Fifth and Chestnut, and we can't do that without your support. So give, give online, give uh, in, in the place, continue to support us by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, and your service, and your witness. Let's pray. God, how thankful we are that as we focus our hearts on you, that you are already seeking us, and that as we reach out to you, you've already reached out to us in love and you receive us with open arms. We know that when we come to you, we need forgiveness. We know that we know um, so little and you know so much. We know that there are broken places in our lives, but we trust you to heal us, to reform us, to make us vessels that are useful for you Lord, we, we lift up to you today um, people who are struggling, 
this has been a hard year, Lord, and people have lost a lot. And we lift them up to you today, those who are struggling with grief and those who are trying to recover from illness and those who are just lonely. We pray, Lord, for um, those who don't have somewhere to live, for those who need shelter and food and clothing. Help us, Lord, to, to be your hands and feet. And teach us, Lord, to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. One more announcement, and this is also um, a prayer request. Um, one of our, our sweet members, Miss Mary Bone Freeman, passed away Thursday evening, and she um, uh, will be given her send-off this afternoon at 3.30 at Forest Cemetery. The family will be receiving uh, visitors from 2.30 to 3.30, and uh, the graveside service will be at 3.30. And Miss um, Freeman's stepson, Earl Freeman, who grew up in this church, many of you know, and I've known for the last 30 years, will be uh, conducting the service, and I'll be there to do a prayer. And, and if you can't be uh, uh, there to pay your respects to the family, remember her children, remember her grandchildren, remember her great-grandchildren, and uh, celebrate her, her 98-year life in, in your heart. Um, so we're thankful for Miss Mary Bone Freeman.
my all-time favorite hymns. Thank you, JT. I love that. Celebrating God's unfailing love in the morning and his faithfulness at night. So we have been in quite a sermon series in the month of October uh, about talking about when we're over it, but it's not over yet. Because I don't know about you, but 2020 has just been a year that we're all just about done with right we're all just about over it but it's not over and so that's why we've been in the book of job all month long and we've been talking about uh, pain and loss and hurt and how people get frustrated and they get angry and then oh yeah and then conspiracy theories start to pop up like uh, wild mushrooms after a heavy rain you know and so what do we do with all this what do we what do we do? What's going on with all of this suffering? And people just shake their fist at heaven and say, why? You know, why are these bad things happening? And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the big why question. We, we talked about how that sometimes we just don't know. It's okay to say we really don't know. It really is okay. And then sometimes we have, remember the three F's. We have uh, sometimes 
bad things happen because of foolishness. We, we make foolish choices sometimes and we have to pay the consequences. Sometimes bad hap happens because of fallenness. We live in a fallen world. We're fallen people who live in a fallen world. All creation groans awaiting the day of redemption. It hasn't happened yet. And then bad things happen sometimes because of freedom, because God has created us with the freedom to love God or the freedom to not love God, the freedom to follow after God and do the right thing. And that same freedom that gives us the freedom to follow after God gives people freedom to harm others. And so we, we see things happen that we really suffer over. But here's a question. If, if God doesn't cause bad, which we know that God is light and in him is no darkness at all, can God still use bad? And Romans 8.28 says that God uses all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So can God still use bad things like have happened in 2020 to make us better? That's kind of what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about how everything uh, helps to reform us and reshape us. Um, Job 23, verses 8 through 10 is the scripture for today. Um, here's what Job says. If I go forward, he, talking about God, is not there. Or backward, I cannot perceive him. On the left, he hides. And I cannot behold him. I turn to the right, but I cannot see him. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come out like gold. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Several years ago when I was serving a church in Florence, Alabama, um, I did a lesson with the youth group on um, Jeremiah and the potter. And um, I'm going to, to read the short passage from Jeremiah to, to show you the lesson that I was teaching. And then I'm going to tell you what we did uh, because it was kind of cool. The passage is from Jeremiah chapter 18. And it goes like this. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, come down to the potter's house. And there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel as seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done, says the Lord? Just like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Okay, so you know what we did, what I did with the youth group? We went out, we got on the church bus, and we went to the potter's house. But there was a place over in North Florence, and I don't know if it's still there, but it was called Hallelujah Hands. I love the name of that, Hallelujah Hands. And this lady had, uh, in the front was a shop where she had different crafts and pottery and things you could purchase. And in the back was the pottery place where she made the pottery and all. 
And she invited you to come in and watch her work. And it was great. It was fascinating. We went in there. It was really cool. Uh, she had, she, well, she sat at her wheel, her potter's wheel, which is so cool to me that the potter's wheel is the same as it's been for thousands of years. It's just a flat spinning surface. And the clay is the same as it's been for thousands of years. It's just dust and water, which is kind of like us if you think about it, just dust and water. And she sat at the wheel and we were all gathered around and we were all super interested. Well, I, I better rephrase that. Not all of us were super interested. There were two guys over here who were more interested in their Pokemon cards than they were in anything else. And there was a guy over here that I promise you, I never saw him that he was not playing games on his Game Boy, I think it was at the time. He had his head like this, permanently head like this. But everybody else was watching what this potter was doing. And, and so she took the clay and she threw it down on the wheel and the wheel was spinning and it didn't look, look quite right so she scooped it off there and she threw it again and it, this time it landed where she wanted it to and then she got her hands in water and she was shaping the bowl and she was talking to us about what she was doing the whole time and it was so fascinating she made this simple bowl and she stopped the wheel and she picked this bowl up and I was thinking I want that very bowl. I, I want to just buy that bowl and I want to take it back to my office at the church and I'm going to put it, I had a place on the shelf that I was going to put that bowl. And as I was thinking all of this, she did something I didn't expect. She just kind of frowned and she went whop back on the wheel and she smushed it back down and we were all just like, what, you ruined the bowl? And she just kind of grinned and she said, it wasn't what I had in mind. And on the wheels she started again, and the hands in the water and the stuff in the clay, and she, she reworked this bowl all over again. And when she got it done, she picked it up. And apparently this was what she was wanting and had in mind, and she set it aside. And she said, now come over here and let me show you the next thing. So we went over kind of into this other room where the kiln was. And you could feel the heat coming off of that thing because she was firing something in that kiln. And, you, and, and I, I asked her, I said, how hot does it get in that thing? And she said, oh, about 1,800 degrees. And I thought, holy cow, 1,800 degrees, you know. And so we, we finished up at the potter shop at Hallelujah Hands, and we went and got back on the church bus. And we had this little, just like our church bus, we had this little microphone that I liked because I grew up in the 70s and we had CBs. Okay, so I, I was talking to the kids over the microphone. I thought, we've got to get this lesson, okay? We can't just have a trip. We've got to get this lesson. Uh, what did y'all think of the potter at Hallelujah Hands? And they all said, cool, or whatever kids said back in that day. And, uh, and so I thought, well, we've got to have more than that. So I said, okay, in the pottery world, in Hallelujah Hands, and in the book of Jeremiah, who is the potter? And who is the clay? And everybody said, God is the potter and we are the clay. Now can we go to Krispy Kreme? Because I had bribed them that I would take them to Krispy Kreme. I'm not beyond bribing people to get them to read their Bible, y'all. 
So um, we, I thought, okay, I've got to ask one more question. Just one more. I, I said, one more question, and then we'll go to Krispy Kreme. Oh, so this whole time, the two guys are still sitting over here playing with the Pokemon cards. And the guy that I promise you, he never looked up from here, never had an expression on his face at all. And I asked this question, what is one thing that you learned from going to Hallelujah Hands that you didn't already know? And one little girl said, well, I had no idea it got so hot in that big oven thing. I had no idea that the bowl had to go through that much heat in order to be useful. I said, I didn't either, I didn't know. And I, I was just about to launch into a sermonette on the fire of suffering and how it makes us useful. And I had that, that little sermon on the tip of my tongue, but I did something that most of us preachers don't know when to do is I just stayed quiet for a little bit. I just let the silence hang there for a second. And I'm so glad I did because something beautiful happened. I heard this little voice say, I learned something new. And it was the guy who'd been playing his Game Boy the whole time. And we were all shocked. We all looked at him like, I didn't know he could talk, you know? And I said, okay, what did you learn? And he said, I learned that sometimes God doesn't like what he sees and he throws us back on the wheel and starts over again. I couldn't have said it any better myself. So I cranked up the bus and put it in gear and drove to Krispy Kreme because I didn't want to, I couldn't improve on that, right? Sometimes God is still working with us and, and we learn that through the book of Job. A couple of what ifs I have for us today. That's the form this is gonna take. What if, what if in the middle of suffering, and some, you know, we do feel like we're on the potter's wheel sometimes. We feel like life is spinning out of control. And, um, but what if God is not hiding at all during this, but what if God is actively working on us like the potter at Hallelujah Hands and like the potter in the book of Jeremiah? What if God is working through the bad and the good? At times, uh, Job was angry at God. At times, he was mad at his friends who were I guess sorry friends when it came right down to it. At times, Job felt like God wasn't even there, that he was hiding. And then to the scripture I read just a little bit ago, Job said, I try to go forward and God's not there. I try to back up, I can't tell if God's there. I go to the right, God's there. I go to the left, God's there. God's hiding from me. And the truth of the matter is the Bible is it's like a big game of hide and seek. But here's the thing, y'all. We are the ones who hide, not God. And it's been that way ever since Adam and Eve. God is always seeking us. God isn't hiding. So God is the potter. We're the clay. 
And here's what I really believe. God is always working on us. Because I am not and you are not finished products yet. We're not. We still have work that needs to be done and God is working on us. Um, Job, I think, realized that too. They're toward the end. Because of what he said in verse 10 that I read earlier, he said, God knows the way that I take. I can't see God. I'm trying to go forward. can't see, can't, can't go back. We can the right of that. God's, I can't see God, but God knows the way that I take. And I want to tell you today, God knows the way that you are taking. God knows your, God sees your path. There's not anything that has happened to you in 2020. There's not anything in the future in 2021 that is going to surprise God because God is our sovereign God. And here's what Job said. When God has tested me, I shall come out like gold. Hold on to those words right now. I shall come out like gold. This today is Reformation Sunday. Um, Reforma Reformation Sunday, I don't know if you are familiar with it and you might think it's something that only Lutherans care about, but no, we care about it too. Reformation Day, you know what Reformation Day is? October the 31st. I know Pastor Andy gets really excited about Halloween and everything and, and we got all this stuff planned, but on October the 31st, 1517, Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the church in Wittenberg and it was Reformation time. Uh, if you want to know more about Reformation, I know a little bit about uh, Reformation, but uh, you could ask Dr. Grover Kitchens and he could tell you a lot more about that because he teaches that in some instances. He just, he just needs to know Grover, Dr. Kitchens can tell you more about that. So Martin Luther thought some things needed to be reformed in the church. He had some problems. Just real quick, a couple of things. One was just the corruption that was in the church, just a selling of indulgences. Indulgences was basically um, you know, trying to purchase your way into a better deal in the afterlife, you know, and that's what people thought they could do. That's what the church was kind of selling. And uh, also he thought needed reforming was that, the, that our articles of faith should come from Scripture alone, not Scripture and the Pope and the tradition of the church, but Scripture, sola scriptura is what he was, was big on. And then he thought the Catholic Church was getting it wrong when it came to salvation. He believed that salvation was through faith alone, through grace alone, and not faith and works and something else and things like that. So, in other words, the church needed to be reformed. It needed to go back on the potter's wheel again. So that brings me to my, my last what if. What if we can come through the fire and the reforming of this time in 2020 changed for the better? What if we could come through this and we were changed for the better? Job said, I'm going to come out of this like gold. 
Now, I've seen pottery being made. Um, I haven't seen gold being refined. I know a little bit about how they do that. If you want to know more, this guy back here behind the organ can tell you all about the refining process probably with gold, and he knows a lot more about gold than I do. They won't let me, by the way, probably watch gold being refined. They'd be scared I would try to walk off with one of those gold bricks or something. But I do know this. The gold ore and the gold scraps or whatever has to go through the smelting process. Extremely high heat liquefies all of this. I mean, something like 2,000 degrees liquefies all of this so that the workers can then add things like I don't know, they, I think they add borax and some kind of ash to the liquefied substance that separates the gold from the less precious metals, the dross. So what if going through all of this, the stuff that needed to be separated out of our lives got separated out? And we came forth like gold. Wouldn't it be worth it? Wouldn't it be worth going through the fire if we could come out the other side reformed and better? This last week, I um, had to be part of a, I got to be part of a Zoom workshop um, that was led by Leonard Sweet. Leonard Sweet is one of my favorite teachers, one of my favorite authors. He's just a, one of the great minds of our time, the thinker, thinks out ahead. Um, but he was teaching this workshop on the changes that we are seeing, the changes that we are going through as, as people and as a church in this transition time. And he kept talking about BC and AC. And let me see if you know what I'm talking about. What would you guess that BC and AC is, right? Before COVID and after COVID, because it's, Things are, are, are different, and, 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 and things are different going forward. And so he, he talked about how we're going to be the church in this whole process. And he said, he said that, I mean, we all know our sufferings, but he said there are blessings. And he sang that old song, Count Your Blessings, Name Them One by One. And I'm calling these, I'm giving you a few, I'm calling them nuggets of gold that we're going to take from our time AC. And uh, one nugget of gold is that we are reminded because of this, this AC time that we live in, we are reminded that the building is not the church. It never has been. The building is not the church. It's a heresy to think that the building is the church. It can be idolatry to think that the building is the church. I grew up doing this little thing. Did y'all do this? This is the church. This is the steeple. Open the door and here are the people. Did y'all ever do that? So, and I loved doing that. We used to sing, I am the church. You are the church. We are the church. You get We did it, you know. But we kind of had it just a teeny bit backwards because... This is not the church. This is the church, right? God's called out and set apart people. That's the church. This is the place of worship and mission outpost for the church. 
This is the steeple, and y'all, we have the coolest steeple I've ever seen. That, that green patina on our, anyway. But this is the church. And, and COVID has reminded us of that. And sometimes we forget. This, this beautiful place in which we get to worship is the place where the church worships. But this is the church. That's one nugget. Nugget number two is our AC world has reminded us that there's another door into the church that's been there for some time and we just forget about it and we certainly have not maximized it. And that is the door of the internet. But I don't like that. It doesn't matter, okay? That's the door. It's the, and it has been the door. And, and you and I have seen our, our world has progressed more in the, in the area of digital worship. In one month of pandemic, we progressed more than we did in the past decade because we had to. We had to. And we should have all along. Because what a blessing it is for people who can't be in this building. We should have been there all along. And COVID was the catalyst that is helping us get there. There's another door into the church besides those beautiful brass ones, okay? So that's gold, number, uh, gold nugget number two. Gold nugget number three is our AC world has reminded us, reminded us that we are not in control we are not in control. That's hard to hear for a control junkie like me. I like to think that I'm in control. I'm, but you know what? Control or my idea that I'm in control has always been an illusion at best. And that illusion of control has been thrown back down on the potter's wheel. Hasn't it? You just thought you were in control, you know? In the blink of an eye, everything can change, can't it? But you know, our idea of normal was not meant to be eternal. There's only one eternal, and that's God. Our normal, our BC normal, is not eternal, and it never was. God is sovereign. We're not. God is eternal. So we take a lot for granted, don't we? That, that change can happen in the blink of an eye, that change can also take place over a period of time through much reshaping, through much reforming, through the fires of suffering. I believe that we can come through all of this and come out like gold. So you're saying, Pastor Sam, are you an optimist? Well, yeah, I'm kind of an optimist. But I really like, I really like the way that, that Václav Havel put it much better. If you don't know who Václav Havel is, he was the last president of Czechoslovakia and the first president of the Czech Republic. He is an important figure uh, in his time because of the reform that he helped to bring about. See, he was a fierce critic of communism. 
and he was persecuted because of it. He was thrown in prison because of it many times. And somebody asked Hava one time when he got out of prison, they said, um, are you an optimist? Because he always kept working. He always kept moving forward. They said, are you an optimist? And here's what he said, and I just love this. He said, I am not an optimist. I am a person of hope. There is a difference. A big difference. I don't think we really need more optimists, but we need a lot of people of hope. Because hope is an anchor for our soul. Hebrews chapter 6 tells us. Hope is an anchor for our soul. It's not an anchor. Listen, it's not an anchor that goes behind us. That keeps us from going forward. Okay? It's not drop anchor back here and not move forward. Hope is like a cage anchor. And a cage anchor is when back in the days of the sailing ships, when the storm was going and the ship was being tossed and couldn't really put their sails up and sail, uh, they needed to get away from the shore because being next to the shore would pound them against the rocks and, and break them up. So what they do is send a smaller vessel out into sea, out to see where they wanted to go with an anchor from the ship okay from the, from the bow of the ship and they would drop the anchor out in front out, out where they wanted to go out to sea and then the ship would winch itself forward by drawing in the anchor going forward to the place where it needed to go it was called kedging and hope is that kind of anchor it, it's Dropping our anchor into an unseen future because we trust God. We have that hope. And pulling ourselves, the Holy Spirit draws us forward, never backward. The Holy Spirit draws us forward into God's future, fit for God's purpose. Sometimes the seas are stormy and sometimes they're calm and peaceful but it's God who draws us forward. It's the hope that's the anchor for our souls. Are we changed through the process? You better bet. We are. We're changed. Are we reformed? Yes. We are reformed. God is working on us. God is working in us. And God will work through us. Let's pray. Lord, we uh, easily forget these things. And we sometimes, in the midst of the spinning round of our lives and the uncomfortableness of change, we think, where are you, God? But you're there. You're the one who's working us. You're the one who's shaping us, who's starting all over again and reshaping us. You are the one 
who walks with us through the fire, who is always with us, making us vessels, Lord, for your purpose. That's our hope, that you're working on us and that you're working in us and that you will work through us. Do your work. Have thine own way, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's going to be our, our song. Our closing hymn is 382, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. I want to ask you uh, to, to stand and sing. And if, sing this with me at, at, at home uh, because I'll bet you know this. And pay particular attention to... Um, the first verse, thou art the potter, I am the clay. All right, will you stand and sing with me? go forth as people of hope with your soul anchored in the solid rock. Amen.